Yle Podcast. Terrorists in Europe. This is a story of a suspected terrorist cell in Denmark. A cell trying to buy drones in order to send them to the Islamic State in Iraq and Syria. It's also a story about two young Danes who own a drone shop and end up working with the Danish intelligence service to uncover a terrorist plot. Danish radio journalist Jens Wittner Hansen tells the story in English. He also includes a few details that weren't covered in the Finnish version of the story. All of this starts a couple of years ago, where we are meeting up with one of our sources. And this source have asked us to come because there's something he wants to tell us. But uh, he also say we can't bring a recorder, we can't bring a notebook, we can't bring anything to write down what we're talking about at this meeting. So we're sitting here at a cafe, talking, and we're talking for approximately an hour, and he's not saying anything of interest. We were starting to think, okay, Maybe this meeting isn't that interesting as we thought it would be. But then, after sitting at this cafe for about an hour, suddenly he says, I have been sending drones to Syria and Iraq. We're thinking, okay, this guy has been sending drones to what we suppose must be the Islamic State. After he said that he had been sending drones to Syria and Iraq, he suddenly mentioning a name, Basil Hassan, a name of a Danish-Lebanese guy who is suspected of trying to shoot a Danish Islam critic, Lars Hedegaard, in 2013. At the same time, he doesn't have any messages, He doesn't have any invoices. He doesn't have any documentation that proves what he's telling us. At this time, it's not a story for us. This is nothing we can publish. We can't do anything about this because in a journalistic way, we don't have any documentation to tell that Danes have been sending drones to the Islamic State. This is just some knowledge we have. We put it in the draw. We are not doing anything about it. We are actually almost forgetting what this source have told us. Right until a day when suddenly there's a breaking news on Danish television. The news is that the police has arrested a man and is charging him for sending drone parts to the Islamic State. But this man who has been arrested now is not the same as the source we were talking to at the cafe. So when this guy gets arrested, we suddenly have two persons who has something to do with drones and the Islamic State. And we know that there's a third person in Turkey who had received the drones. But when they finished reading what he's charged of, they close the doors for the court. And in Denmark, that means that the press 
is put outside the door. We can't get any information on what's said inside the court. So we're sitting here with this list of drone parts here bought. And one of the parts is what they call an A3 Pro drone component. And at that point, I have never heard about that. I have no idea what an A3 Pro drone component is. What I'm thinking is, okay, I need to get hold of someone who can tell me this. So I'll do the obvious thing. I'll Google drone shop Copenhagen. I find, uh, I take the first one in the search results, who is called uh, Drona DK. I call them, and I get hold of Togesua, the owner of the of the store, and uh, I tell him I'm looking into a case where a guy has bought some A3 Pro drone components, and immediately he stops me and say. I think I know what case you're talking about. And at this point, I get quite confused on the phone because why does this guy that I randomly called know what case I'm talking about just because I told him about some A3 Pro drone components? Okay, um, could I come down to your store to get some more knowledge about uh, these things and maybe hear a bit more about this? And, and he agrees. I'll join up with my colleague. We put on our jackets and bicycle down to the drone store as fast as we can. But when we get down in the drone store, we, we meet up with Togesua and his colleague uh, Frederik Schütt and sit down in this, uh, in this small room. And these two guys are two regular drone guys selling drones 30 years old approximately and we're sitting here with them knowing that they could have a quite interesting story to tell first of all we sit down we talk about the drone parts this guy has bought and trying to understand what it actually is and what we learn here is that the A3 Pro drone components and the thermal cameras are extremely professional gear and extremely expensive gear. So it's not just a small cheap part for a drone he has bought. It's drone parts where you have to have a big, big knowledge about how to build a drone if you want to buy this. But as we're talking here, my colleague and I are, are waiting for the right moment to ask why Toge knew what case we were talking about. After chatting with them for a half an hour, I'll, uh, I'll ask him, when I got hold on you on the phone, you said you might know what case I was talking about. And he replies, um, yeah, that's because we were the one selling these parts to the guy and that, that that surprises us a bit okay we're actually sitting with the man who sold this thing that the danish police think has been sent to the islamic state but then he continues and say yeah but we not only sold them 
we have been cooperating with the Danish intelligence service for over a year. Me and my colleague are just looking at each other quite surprised because we have never heard about two regular Danish guys, 30 years old, cooperating with the Danish intelligence service to uncover terrorism. Never. The story Togusua is telling starts an early morning in 2016. Toge is sleeping and it's quite early, it's six o'clock in the morning. And he looks at his phone and can see he has some unanswered calls on the phone from a number he doesn't know. His first thought is, okay, that has to be a customer. So he puts down the phone, tries to go to sleep again, but a couple of minutes later, the doorbell rings. So he get out of bed and walk to, to the door phone and, and answer and asks who, who's there. And on the other end, you can hear two persons saying, it's the Danish police, we need to talk to you. Toge is standing here six o'clock in the morning, uh, only in, in his boxers, and he just buzzes these two police guys in, finds a t-shirt, puts on some jeans, and then they knock the door of his apartment. So they sit down at his table, and the two guys say, the two police guys tells that they are from the Danish intelligence service, and they need to talk with him. The first thing they do is to start talking about a trip Toke did a couple of months earlier with a Uber driver. So to understand why Toke was driving with an Uber this day, uh, he, has, he, he was out flying with some of the big drones and uh, to get back to the drone store he need a ride. He can't fit uh, the big drones on his bike so he needs someone to take him back to the drone store. So he picks up his phone, orders an Uber driver, and a couple of minutes later, this driver shows up ready to, to take him back to, to the drone store. And as they are loading the drones into the car, this uh, Uber driver or this taxi driver, he's very interested in the drones. During the whole trip, he starts to to talk about drones. He starts to ask how much can they lift, how long can they fly, how much does these things cost, and so on. And when the trip ends, he says to Toge, I'll come back, I'll show up in your store. And Toge is, okay, great, that's perfect. I want customers in my store, so you can just come and I'll help you out. But when Toge is sitting here at his table with these two intelligence guys, they tell him that this taxi driver might be up to something and they need Toge's help to uncover it. They make an agreement. If the taxi driver shows up in the store, Toge has to call the intelligence service. So a couple of weeks go by, nothing happens, but then suddenly one day the taxi driver enters the store. Toge recognizes him immediately and gets quite nervous because 
how should he act? Should he act like he remembers him, or should he act like he he doesn't remember him? What if he's suddenly gets too nervous because now he knows that this guy might be up to something? So he walks out to the man, shakes his hand, and the man just says, "Yeah, I told you I would come back in your store," and Tog immediately feels that okay. No, no problem here. No problem here. They start to talk about drones, and the taxi driver tells him he he wants this very specific, very professional drone computers, um, and he wants a lot of them. Toga tells him, uh, "I can arrange something, but we don't have them in stock right now. But uh, I I can order something home to you." So they agree on that. The taxi driver leaves the store, and immediately Toga runs into the office and calls the intelligence service. Toga uh, and his uh, partner Frederik Schutt make a plan with the intelligence service, and the plan is that they are to sell five of these drone computers, but. The intelligence service want the computers before the taxi driver gets them, and what Toge and Fleck tells us is that it's because the intelligence service want to put some tracking devices in these computers. They have to stall the taxi driver for a couple of weeks, saying that oh, the delivery is uh, taking longer than we expected, so the intelligence service have enough time. To put the tracking devices inside the computers, but after a couple of weeks, Togenfly get these computers back and can return them to the taxi driver. So now the taxi driver received these drone computers with tracking devices in them, and uh, Toge and Flag thinks, okay, this this is it. Now we don't have to deal with this anymore. We don't have to help the intelligence service anymore. At this point, they have been cooperating with the Danish intelligence service for about a half a year, and they think, okay, maybe something happens. Maybe the taxi driver are in jail. They haven't heard from him or the intelligence server for several months. But then, suddenly, one day, the taxi driver shows up in the store again. When the taxi driver gets in the store at this point, he says he wants some. Very professional infrared cameras, and he wants approximately 40 of them. And these cameras are quite, quite expensive. They cost around two to three thousand euro each. So this is a huge order that the taxi driver wants to place. And once again, Torgenflag has to put up a lie to say we don't have any in stock, but. But we can get it for you, so they agree that they will try to order something home, and then the taxi driver will get back in the store. And immediately after he leaves the store, Torge runs in and calls the intelligence service again to tell now the taxi driver are back in business. The intelligence service tells them to sell him six of these cameras, so. Again, they agree to sell him a small amount of these cameras, and they end up selling him 
six of these professional infrared cameras. Torge tells us when we're sitting down in the store that they actually have surveillance cameras in the store and they have the surveillance video of this man entering the store when he wants to buy the cameras. We get up, get over to the computer and can see these photos of a quite big man, tall. They sit down in Torka's office and the man is supposed to pay for the cameras. And these six cameras are quite expensive. They cost approximately 15,000 euro, uh, 114,000 Danish kroner. They sit down and he wants to pay cash. And he has this small bag around his waist that he opens and grabs a bundle of Danish thousand bills. And he gives them to Torge and say, here is the 114,000 kroner. And Torge grabs the bills and starts counting. One, two, three. And then he can feel that the taxi driver gets quite uh, quite impatient. He, he, he thinks that the, the Torge is, is counting these bills too slow. So he grabs all the bills again and starts to count. One, two, three, four, five. So he's just like a machine in seconds. He had counted 114,000, puts it on the table, stacked in 10,000, 10,000, 10,000, and said, okay, here is the 114,000, uh, we agree. And Toby, yeah, we agree. He gets up, they handshake again, and he leaves the store. And a couple of weeks later, he enters again to get these infrared cameras uh, that he just paid for. A couple of weeks later, Torgenflag hears the news. A man has been arrested for buying drone parts, charged of sending them to the Islamic State. When we're sitting together with Torgenflag in the back room of the store, we are quite shocked. We have never heard about regular Danish persons this way cooperating with the intelligence service for that long. So at this point, we are quite shocked on the story. But it turns out that this story is much bigger because when we sat back at the cafe with our original source, he also mentioned the name Basil Hassan. And Basil Hassan is I would say one of the big headaches for Danish police and Danish authorities. Because Basil Hassan is suspected of trying to shoot an Danish, a Danish Islam critic, Lars Hedegaard, back in 2013. Back then, uh, the police suspect that it was Basil Hassan who was dressed up as a mailman ringing the doorbell of uh, Lars Hedegaard with a big package in his hand. And when Lars Hedegaard opens the door, this man in the red post jacket, he grabs a gun, aims at Lars Hedegaard. He shoots, but he misses. The bullets 
flew right next to Lars Hedegaard's right ear. Then there's a fight between these two, and man in the post jacket he loses his gun, and when he tries to reload it, suddenly he's standing there with a weapon that's not functional. So he runs, he disappears. What we find out is that behind the closed doors in the court, Basil Hassan's name is now mentioned again because the police suspect Basil Hassan of being the man behind ordering these drone parts. The story goes that Basil Hassan joined the Islamic State and became one of the key figures in creating the Islamic State drone program. He actually becomes so dangerous that the United States put Basil Hassan on the list of suspected terrorists and they do it primarily because his big involvement in the Islamic State drone program. At this point we have a feeling that this isn't the full image. There's more into this than just a taxi driver sending drone parts to Basil Hassan in the Islamic State. And approximately one year after the taxi driver being arrested, two more persons are being arrested in Denmark for trying to sending drone parts to the Islamic State and to Basil Hassan. So suddenly this isn't just one man, this is suddenly a network in Denmark who has been sending drone parts to the Islamic State and to Basil Hassan. When we're sitting here in this back room of the store with Torgan Fulik, we are also wondering why do they want to tell us this story? Because usually persons who have been cooperating with the intelligence service are never allowed to tell these things. They're not allowed to tell how they were cooperating with the intelligence service. But Torgan Fleck was told that after the taxi driver was arrested and they have been questioned and giving their side of the story to the intelligence service, then they are free to tell what they want. And Torgan Fleck think this is an interesting story to tell. And that's the reason why they tell us this story when we are sitting here with them. I think they just found this was the right time to do it. And of course, this is a one-sided story, but all of the things they tell us about how intelligence service were working, we presented that for the intelligence service. So they, they didn't have any comments on this not being true and we have never received any comments from the intelligence service after we published this story. The suspected terrorist cell is still under investigation. The taxi driver remains in police custody, waiting for his trial to begin. He claims he's innocent. The journalist in Denmark is Jens Wittner Hansen. The producer in Finland is Tarja Oinonen and the sound designer is Laura Kosol.